0: Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 214. This episode is brought to you by study.com. Study.com is an all-in-one membership with everything you need to homeschool, including fun and engaging video lessons for all subjects and all grades, comprehensive assessments, instructor support, and study scheduling. They offer complete courses, but you could even create your own custom courses so that it becomes exactly what you want. Their college accelerator option includes hundreds of courses that can be used for dual credit, helping students to get a head start on their college credit it. New members who sign up using my code will receive 30% off for three months. And that code at study.com is my name, Abby Banks. So go ahead and sign up and receive 30% off for three months using the code Abby Banks at study.com. Welcome to episode 214. You can find the show notes at 41 more.com forward slash 214. Before I jump into this topic, which is ideas for high school English credit, I want to tell you how I came up with this idea for a podcast episode. It might want to make some of you not talk to me in real life anymore, but I thought it was kind of funny. There was this uh, picture on Facebook of a shirt that said, you know, watch out, you might become my next sermon illustration. And it was like, I posted it and said, this is what it's like living with a pastor. My husband's a pastor. And sometimes the kids end up in the sermon or I do, or, you know, we might not be named, but something that happens ends up being a sermon illustration. I thought it was kind of funny. This kind of applies because in real life, I've had some people ask me about, you know, Hey, what is, um, High school, homeschool English need to look like? You know, can I use this? Can I use this? Does it need to include everything every year? Like, what's involved? And so, when I get questions in real life, I know that my friends aren't the only ones thinking it. I know that other people are wondering the same thing. So, that's why I thought, hey, this is a great time of year. You guys are probably planning out the coming year. Some of you are going to have high schoolers for the first time, and you might be wondering, okay, what should I use for high school English? Do I need an all-in-one curriculum? Do I need something from a big box publisher? What are some of the lesser known companies that you've used that have really great resources? And so I'm going to go through all the aspects of what can count, you know, in most places for high school English credit, you know, what are the things you want to keep in mind? Some of the things we've used and we've really loved some of the trial and error we've gone through, you know, not everything we've used has turned out great. So I want to Give you some ideas, and I'm also going to probably create like a guide that you can download where all of this information is in one place. It's easy for you to sketch out your plan, gives you all the, you know, different. You know, subtopics are, are covered in English so you can have all these things in one place and figure out a great plan for your high schoolers. So once that's made, it'll be over in the show notes at 41 more.com forward slash 214. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're really going to talk about what you can use to either buy a ready-made curriculum for high school English or even put together your own and what needs to be included. So, you know, I know that in K through eight, English can be all over the place. We're covering, you know, literature, grammar, spelling, writing. We're covering this all. And it's maybe not super formal. We're maybe using a whole bunch of things thrown together, which is quite frankly the way we've done a lot of our K through eight English. You know, we pick spelling from our favorite Curriculum, which is all about spelling, and we might do literature in a more um, organic way of just reading books and talking about them and writing. You know, we've used all sorts of things. We've done writing with skill, we've done different writing um, curriculum resources from IEW, and now getting into middle school and high school, I've discovered Clearwater Press, and we're using that. So, I mean, I know things change, but all of a sudden, when you think of high school, you're like, oh dear, <laughs> we've been really flexible in the elementary, and if we need to cover you know, one credit of English in high school, what does this exactly look like? So that's what this podcast, and then also in the show notes, everything will be laid out for you in writing, and you can download a guide also. This is intended to be a step-by-step guide for pulling together a customized homeschool, high school English curriculum. Even if you get it from a publisher, you know that, you know, you need to cover various things in high school. So when do you cover it and how do you cover it well? And so that's what we're going to cover today. Now, as a kind of my experience has been, which I'll just mention, you know, some of the big box publishers, and I don't want to really mention their name because I don't want to drag them through the mud because they have great curriculum and some people will love their curriculum. I have found though that something labeled high school English 10, for example, from a well-known publisher, they don't do a great job with all the aspects of English. Instead, I found that when we pick and choose specific curriculum to meet certain needs, that works for us much better. Usually when you have a big book called English 10 and you have a big student book and you have a big teacher book, it's made for a classroom and it's hard to use. It's clunky. They might cover grammar really well, but not the writing so much, not the literature. And so I just have found better solutions and that's what I'm going to share with you. The other thing to realize is, you know, some kids don't need grammar every year in high school if they've learned it really well in K through 8. Everyone's coming to high school from a different place. Some of your kids have done grammar every year and it still hasn't stuck and so you might need a refresher. You might just need a review of it. Some of your kids actually do need a deep dive into that early on in high school so that when they get to writing papers and stuff they have their grammar really down pat. You know, in high school, you could focus on one aspect per year. So one year could be all literature studies. One year you're focused on writing. One year you're focused on speech, whatever. You could do that. Or you could do a bit of everything every year to create your own customized English in high school. So it really depends on your goals, your child, your student, you know, their past educational experience, what they're good at, what they still need to work at, and also future goals. Is college in the future? We'll talk about some of those things as well. So some of the um, aspects that I think are important for high school level English resources, I feel like they still need to be open and go. This is why I don't like most of those big, huge English 10 courses because I don't have time to wade through a teacher's manual when I have multiple kids at home doing multiple subjects. It needs to be written to the student and they need to be able to do it generally independently. Obviously, I'm going to look at their work, give them feedback, help them. But on a daily basis, I feel like in high school, the resources need to be open and go. They need to be able to be independently used I'm looking for high level skills in high school. I think most of you are too. If you've been homeschooling your kids K through eight, I mean, high school needs to be preparing them, even if they're not going to college. You want kids that are able to express themselves well in writing, by speaking. They do need to have high level skills here. And so it needs to be appropriately challenging. Some of the high school level stuff I've seen has been, in my opinion, a little weak in that. And then most of us would agree that if you're expected to do one one credit of English in high school per year, that generally equals 120 to 150 hours of work per credit. So if your kids are doing, you know, 180 days of school and they're doing 45 minutes a day of English, you know, that's going to work out to be about one credit's worth. So those are just some of the general things I wanted to put out here at the beginning. And now we're going to go through all the different aspects, ideas, inspiration, some, to give you some, some, thoughts of how you could structure your high school English classes. So I'm going to go through about nine different ideas. Now, clearly you have four years of high school. You're not going to use all nine. You might pick and choose. You might mush some of these aspects together. And so I'll give you some what it covers. I'll give you some ideas. And then I'll tell you if we've used certain resources or curriculum that fit really well, just so you can see what we've used. It might give you some ideas jumping off uh, and figuring out your own resources. Um, the other thing is, remember, if you're overwhelmed with all this information, everything will be written out in the show notes and there'll be something for you to download as well so you can have a printed copy and be able to refer back to that. So the show notes, of course, are at 4 morecom forward slash 214. Okay, are you ready? Let's jump into some ideas that you can use to form a great homeschool high school English course. The first thing you could do for an entire year of English in high school is to do literature study or literary analysis. You'll just select a variety of classic or maybe contemporary literature works for your student to read and analyze. Of course, you're going to discuss literary elements like plot, character development, themes, and symbolism. You can encourage them to have critical thinking through just discussions with them. You can do this orally, but then you can turn things into having them write written reflections, analysis essays. There's a lot of ways you can approach this. And so if you're wondering, okay, this sounds great, but I need a little more structure, I highly recommend... Hillsdale College, they have free literature classes online. So you could deep dive into C.S. Lewis or you know other authors they talk about. And so if you want an actual course, they're free, they're amazing, check out Hillsdale. But you can find a lot, a, a lot of study guides for literature from a lot of classical curriculum providers like Progeny Press, Memoria Press. So if you want to see what they suggest high schoolers are reading, grab some of their, their study guides and use those. ClassicalReader.com is a parent approved and classically vetted list of books that you can search through by reading level, grade, genre, and more. So you can come up with your own custom list of titles you want your child to read. So literature study is a great thing to do. Yes, you could do this for an entire homeschool year. We'll talk about other aspects of English in a minute, but I mean, if you want to add in a little grammar review for five or 10 minutes a day as well. You could do that. But literature study could be an entire year. It could be one semester. That's just one idea for your high school English. The next aspect you can focus on for an entire year in your high school homeschool is writing and composition. So Even if your kids aren't headed off to college, everyone that's going to be a successful adult, no matter their vocation, really does need to learn to be a successful communicator via writing. Doesn't mean you're going to be doing research papers your entire life, but you do want to be able to communicate effectively and to be a successful citizen. It's an important thing. It's a life skill to communicate. And one of those ways we communicate is through writing. So this doesn't have to get super detailed and hard. Sometimes I think when we hear, oh no, we have to teach our kids how to write essays and that kind of thing. It can feel really overwhelming, but I'm going to give you two resources that are going to really help you out. If you're a homeschool mom that doesn't want to do this yourself, you can outsource it. But what are the things your kids do need to learn to do in high school? Well, they do need to learn to write different types of essays, including persuasive, expository, argumentative. These are all important for them. They need to learn how to do effective research and do Citation properly when they're writing. That can can be really overwhelming for a lot of kids. But if you're able to use the resources I'm going to give you, that's going to really help you. Now, look, if you want to do a little bit more low-key writing, you can assign writing prompts and guide your student through the writing process, including pre-writing, drafting, editing, and revising. These are all important skills. So definitely plan to include some type of writing in your high school plan, whether that's an entire year or one semester. Here are the resources I really recommend. We personally have done writing mainly through dual enrollment college English. So, usually your freshman year of English is going to be writing a research paper. And so my kids have typically in their junior or senior year enrolled in a dual enrollment class that is cheaper in the long run. It helps them get some, you know, freshman English out of the way. So by the time they get to college, they have that class done. However, we have recently started using Clearwater Press and we love their courses. They have multiple courses that are going to take the dry and boring writing class that everyone dreads, and they're going to make it into a fun and engaging class because it's all focused on a hands-on project. You can check out our experience with Cover Story, which focuses on writing a magazine. So when your kid is invested in this magazine topic, the writing assignments are not so dreary. Next year in 10th grade, my teen will be using Byline, which gives the students a job of a journalist, and they're covering these really amazing historical events as a journalist. So he's going to learn essay writing, but we're not going to call it essay writing. He's going to be a journalist. See how much when you just change it a little bit, it can be much more enjoyable. They also have a one-year adventure novel course, and they newly came out with a sci-fi and fantasy writing class called Other Worlds, which some of your kids will just love. We had Daniel Schwabauer, who is the instructor at, uh, at Clearwater Press. We had him on episode 209 of the podcast. So if you want to hear his take on everything, how do you use story to engage your kids and help them have a lifelong love of learning? definitely check out episode 209, but you don't have to feel overwhelmed with teaching kids how to write. You definitely can outsource it. And I guess I'll mention a few other places that we haven't personally used, but you can check them for complete courses on writing and composition. That would be study.com. And if you use the code Abby banks, you get a discount for your, for new members, which I mentioned at the beginning or you can also check out Schoolhouse Teachers. They have complete courses for K through 12, so I'm sure you'd find some writing courses there as well. And if you want to use my referral code to find Schoolhouse Teachers, that would be 41 more.com forward slash schoolhouse. So a slightly different take from the writing and composition of like um, academic essays would be creative writing. Some of your kids are prolific writers, and you might want to spend a whole year on even helping them improve their creative writing, which is already very good. You can encourage them to write short stories, poetry, playwriting, give them prompts, or some kids develop their own ideas really well. You could do this as a co-op or with a group of friends so that they can give each other feedback on their creative work. You might be able to find an online forum where you can do that as well. And once again, a resource that I would suggest that you look into if you wanna outsource the teaching for creative writing is Clearwater Press. Their one-year adventure novel would be excellent, Or their Other Worlds course, which is sci fi and fantasy writing. And again, check out episode 209 of the podcast where we talk to Daniel Schwabauer all about his uh, programs there at Clearwater Press. So, now let's talk about grammar and language skills. So, this, what you decide to do in high school is going to depend a lot on what you've done in K through eight with your student what their strengths and weaknesses are, their future goals, you know, their past grammar education. You have, you might have a student that only needs a simple five to 10 minute review or refresher every day while you're focusing on something else like writing or literary analysis, or you might have a student that does need a complete grammar deep dive, maybe even a good portion of every year of high school, maybe just for one year of high school, and then they'll be set, you know, you know, your students. So this, this is going to change depending on basically everything. But of course, our students, no matter if they're going to college or not, they need to be competent with their grammar, things like sentence structure, punctuation, verb tenses, parts of speech. This is all important with being able to write and speak effectively to be an effective communicator, no matter what they're doing in their future. So you... Just figure out if they need a quick review every day or if they need a deep dive. If you're looking for something that's a quick review, easy to use, open and go, really made for the homeschool market, our highest and newest go-to recommendation for grammar, pretty much for every age, is Fix It Grammar from IEW. If you go to IEW.com forward slash four one more you'll find my page where you will can download free samples, see the resources we love from IEW. And honestly, it only takes 10 minutes per day. This is the one thing that has helped my high schooler, my current high schooler say, hey, mom, you know, we've covered grammar all the way through, but it hasn't stuck until we used IEW fix it grammar. And he said, you know what, this is the only thing that really works. This is the only thing that helps me really grasp this grammar thing. So I love IEW levels five through six of fix it grammar is made for your high schooler. So you could do that. It's only going to take five to 10 minutes a day. It's super easy to use. So if you just need a quick review, I would, I would look into that Some others we've used in the past that are also very good um, are daily grams or easy grammar systems. And we've done a review of easy grammar systems in the past, so you can check the show notes for that link. If your student needs a really big, intensive deep dive into grammar, like it needs to be covered completely from top to bottom, you will maybe want to look into analytical grammar. It's very intensive, I'm going to warn you. It's easy to use as far as open and go. There's a teacher book with the answers. It teaches the student right in the book. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. It will give you everything, but it, it is going to be way more intensive than the other things I've just mentioned. But your student might need that. They might need a deep dive into grammar. Check out analytical grammar. That, that's the main one we've used for that. And so that's the one I can recommend. Okay. What about public speaking or oral communication? I find that this one has been traditionally a really hard one to cover as a homeschool family, because you typically want to have an audience to give your speeches to, and we don't always have that built in. Now, if you have a co-op or something, that's a great place to cover public speaking. We know public speaking is a great life skill, right? So many benefits. Kids that are able to communicate well and do public speaking, I mean even at a small scale, they have greater self-esteem and confidence. They're usually the the leaders, right? Those kids usually have leadership skills. It's a great thing for personal growth and of course communication skills. So, what can you do if you want your students to deliver speeches or presentations on various topics? You want them to practice researching, organizing, and delivering that information effectively. Well, I think there are two resources that I can tell you about that are going to cover this in really different ways, but each cover the areas of public speaking or what we would typically think of as a speech class in high school. So the first one is like a traditional speech class or public speaking class. And I just reviewed it. It's a very new class just coming out this month from IEW. It's Introduction to Public Speaking. So if you will go to the show notes or go to my blog, you will find my review of Introduction to Public Speaking. It was a really great course. It's one semester long, so it won't take all year, but it's a great, a great course for your high school kids to learn public speaking. And because this course was filmed in front of a small class, your kids do get to evaluate other kids and learn how to critique others in a helpful way. And then that helps them learn to self-evaluate. So it's a really great class. And my ninth grader started it this spring. We just did a few weeks of it when it came out uh, to write, be able to write a review. And we're going to finish it when he starts up 10th grade in the fall. It's a really great class. Wish I would have had it for my other kids. Another way that you could cover speech, it's a non-traditional way, but I love thinking outside the box. That's our podcast launch for teens. So I realized when I started my own podcast many years ago, that podcasting requires you to research a little, organize your information, deliver it in a certain way. It's, it's very similar to public speaking. Maybe it's more informal, but depending on how you set up your podcast, a lot of the skills that your kids would learn with launching a podcast are going to be the same skills you would learn in a speech class. Although there's more skills involved because it's more of a techie Thing Right. It's not just standing at a lectern in front of a group of people speaking. It's a little different. So your kids that are really techie and like the newest kind of platform. I mean, podcasting is a lot of fun. I will walk them through the tech needed and it's really, you can do it almost for free. So it's not something that's going to cost you a ton of money to do either, but definitely check out Podcast Launch for Teens. And if you want a coupon code, I'll stick it in the show notes at 4 1 morecom forward slash 214. Something that's really flexible and customizable is if you spend a year or a semester on independent reading and reading and analysis. Now this might differ a little bit from the literary analysis where you might use actual study guides and assign literature that you want your student to read, but there's nothing wrong with having your student read widely, broadly, read tons of books, just immerse themselves in things that they actually enjoy reading, or encourage them to Read a range of genres that they might not necessarily like to read. And you can assign comprehension questions. You can encourage analysis and interpretation of the text through discussions. We would call that narration. Or you could even have them write their analysis down. And so you could combine this independent reading with other aspects of English, like writing or things like podcasting or speech. You could have them do a, a podcast with their literary reviews, like a book review club on a podcast. That'd be a lot of fun. And they could gear it toward other homeschooled high school students. You might actually, you might actually grow a really big audience doing that. So that's a fun way to mesh a few ideas together. Um, Another way to mesh together the writing with independent reading is to have your student write book reviews online. Um, Either, you know, if they're getting it from Amazon, write a nice Amazon review, have them do a really thoughtful review every time they read. I think Goodreads also is a place where they could leave their reviews. So that's a fun way to take independent reading where your student can pick what they want to read, you know, read really widely, broadly, read a ton of books but somehow either through narration, through oral communication, or through discussions with you, or through writing, have them think through a critical analysis of what they're reading. Another aspect that you're, going to want to include at some point in the high school years is going to be vocabulary development. Now, this one obviously can be a short amount of time each day. It's not going to be an hour every day, probably. It's not going to be your complete year, but it would be something that you would want to include on the side that your student is continually getting some vocabulary building activities and exercises. You can combine this with their literature studies. If you have a list of challenging words from their literature readings You can have students learn the meanings and usage and synonyms. You can combine them like that. Or if you want a, you know, outsourced open and go resource, you can check out Vocabulary Virtuoso from the Critical Thinking Company. We used it and reviewed it on the site. So we will have a link in the show notes to that. I think this next one is going to be a really fun way for some of your kids to study literature, and that is literary adaptations and film study. So what you could do is have your teen explore the connection between literature and film by studying the adaptations of literary works. So those books that have been made into film, first read the book and then watch the film and then see if they can compare and contrast the storytelling techniques, Figure out which one is better, you know? What's the effectiveness of this adaptation? Is it, does it stay true to the original work? You know, there can be a lot of fun in that for some kids. Now, I don't have any particular resource to recommend for this, but I did do a quick search on study.com and they do have um, like a film analysis. I'm not sure if it's a whole course or it might be. Part of a course. So, anyway, what I'm saying is, look around some of these online course platforms, and you might find even a whole um, course on English and film analysis, literary, you know, studies that way. So, just do a little bit of digging. I ha- haven't done this in my family, but I, you know, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. But it's an it's a fun way to you know cover literature. And some of you, you might not even need an actual resource, just just make your list, you know, do some research with your teen, make a list of what they want to read, then the films that they want to watch, and then just use what we've already talked about, things like narration, uh, things like oral narrations, they could do a podcast about what they find out again, or they could write you an essay just to to have some kind of assignment there, but I think that's a fun, you know, out-of-the-box way to do some English in high school. Here's the final idea that you could use for high school, homeschool English. So you could come up with a language arts project. So some kids are just going to be much more motivated when all the English assignments don't feel random. Like, okay, write an essay, read this book, write a book report. That sometimes for a lot of students can feel like drudgery, not motivating at all. But if you can focus the skills that you want them to learn around a hands-on project, they're going to be much more invested. So what would that project be? Well, you could come up with a, have them organize a book club and there's going to be a lot of aspects to that of reading certain books and talking about the books with their friends. Like I said, you know, maybe do a podcast about their, thoughts on the books or leave reviews, or they could create a literary magazine or have them participate in a writing contest. There can be all sorts of projects that are highly motivating And they pull together all the English studies for the year. So it's like a final project, like, can we get this done, right? So you can encourage interdisciplinary connections by integrating art or music or history into these projects. And if you want a resource that does this really well, once again, I've already mentioned it many times, but Clearwater Press... All of their programs include a hands-on project as the main focus of the course. So some of them you're producing a magazine, some you're writing a novel, some you're a journalist and you're writing, you know, newspaper articles. It just feels a lot more connected than random. So that's another thing to keep in mind when you're figuring out what to have your student do for their high school English credit. No matter what you decide to do, just remember to tailor the curriculum to your students' interests and goals. That's always the point. Of course, you have to meet the requirements of your state or wherever you live. Do they have requirements for what's considered an English credit? I'm going to assume most of you don't. Because I live in Pennsylvania. It's one of the worst states to homeschool in. And even we don't have super detailed requirements for that. So I'm assuming you don't either, but definitely check that out and just figure out okay, do if I need to give a grade on the transcript, I am going to have to have some assignments, some way to give a grade, you know, give them feedback and help them improve and help them progress through whatever course of study you decide. Once again, you don't have to do, you know, everything every year, you don't have to do speech, grammar vocab writing, you know, literature every single year in high school, you can just focus on one aspect every year while you're doing a little grammar review 10 minutes a day, right? There are so many ways to do it is what I'm saying. There's no one right way to do English. And I found that if you try to do everything every year, nothing gets done well. So that's why I don't love those massive high school English 10 books, you know, they try to do everything and they're typically not doing anything well. So go ahead and focus on one thing in a year or one thing in a semester and then switch gears the next semester. There's a lot of ways to do it. I guess I should have mentioned this at the beginning too. Here are a few more options for scheduling these things out. So you could do block classes, like I mentioned, where you could do one semester of literature, one semester of grammar and vocabulary. You could do it like that. Uh, you could do looped unit studies if you really want to. You could do literature for four weeks. You know, you're you're working through a solid literature selection, but then you need a break. So the next four weeks are writing. Next four weeks are grammar and vocab. Then we loop back to literature and start over again. Um, or you can do an intensive each year, like I mentioned. So maybe ninth grade, you just need to focus on grammar and vocab because they need to get that down. And then 10th grade, we're going to focus on American lit 11th grade, we're going to focus on writing and research papers. 12th grade, we're going to focus on speech and public speaking. That's another idea or like I've already said, have a main focus each year, literature, writing, speaking, where grammar is tucked in to 10 minutes a day just to have a little review. So what I'm saying is there are a million and one combinations for this. Don't get overwhelmed. You're not gonna mess it up. Just figure out what your student needs to focus on in the high school years. Look at their goals, look at what they wanna do when they graduate, and then craft your high school plan, ideally before they're even in high school so you know where you're going. That's so much better than every year figuring out, okay, what am I doing? It's nice to have a plan. Doesn't mean you can't change the plan. The plan is always flexible, but I would do a plan. So, in short, if you want all of this out in writing, the show notes will be completely there for you at 41more.com forward slash 214. If you want a nice handy dandy guide that you can print out that will have some of this distilled down and some worksheets to kind of work out some of this on planning for your high school years, you can find that at the show notes as well. And don't forget to check out our sponsor at study.com. And if you use the code Abby Banks, you'll get a discount for new members. Okay. I think that's it. We've covered a lot today. Let me know if this has been helpful to you. You can leave a comment on a lot of the podcast apps and platforms. You can comment on what you thought about the show, leave a review or rating so more homeschool moms can find us and be encouraged and inspired that you can do an awesome job at this. I hope you have a beautiful day. I'll see you next week. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.